Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications connect to more and that's where we go now to welcome in justin angle it is a business angle which is presented by blackfoot communications and justin thanks so much for joining us let's start there i know this wasn't on the outline but tori martell if you hadn't heard she's a senior at montana state she went and participated in the ncaa women's basketball three-point shooting contest at the men's final four last week and oh by the way she won it so she was on national tv for a couple hours straight wearing her montana state jersey she gets interviewed on all the national shows afterwards so just from a marketing perspective that has to be worth a, quite a bit of money, the exposure that she garnered for Montana State last week. Oh, my gosh, totally. I mean, you can't uh, – well, you could. That would be an interesting project to try to put a dollar value on the exposure for the brand. And um, But you can't – I mean, you can't, like – you can't pay for that kind of exposure. I mean, it's, it's organic, it's real. And she rose to the occasion in Montana state and her teammates in the program, uh, they'll probably derive a lot of benefits from that exposure. No doubt. Justin, good to be talking with you again. And on the theme of college basketball, we're going to go a couple different directions here in the, in the, during this chat, but on the theme of college basketball and just the ratings, the exposure of the NCAA tournament coming to completion. I think back in November, we weren't sure that we would get to this date, but, but as far as maybe the perception of the tournament as well, and the viewership as well, how would you best assess and what was it like? Did you how much did you catch of the tournament? Take us through uh, just your observations of the NCAA tournament coming to a close now. Yeah, I mean, last week we talked about kind of some of the equity issues with the player accommodations. Um, you know, that's still an outstanding issue, and you know, we'll see sort of how the NCAA deals with that if, if there's if there's any more fallout coming at the leadership level. 
But set that aside for a moment, I mean, I think the product was pretty darn good. I think, you know, on the men's side, like not having the Dukes of the world, uh, you know, and, and Kentucky not in the tournament for the first time in many, many years, like that, that, that may be attributed to some lower ratings. The, uh, the men's final game ratings just came in before uh, I got on uh, with you guys, down 14% from 2019. Um, it's hard to know exactly why that is. I mean, maybe it's because it never was a close game. Gonzaga really was never in it. Um, the women's game uh, drew strong ratings, almost $4 million, and that's in line with previous years. Um, so pretty strong uh, ratings on the women's side. You know, I think uh, as far as the NCAA is concerned, overall, like, the bubble system worked, and we saw it work in the NBA Finals. We talked about that. And it was well replicated um, in both the men's and women's side. COVID was not much of an issue. So I think the NCAA and and the schools involved had to chalk this up as a pretty big success um, under this environment. We've seen the the trend and prevalence of quote-unquote cord cutting across uh, America. And I think that one of the reasons people do keep your standard cable package or you know your standard satellite package is for live sports. But then we've also seen the live sports that are on the networks take hits in the ratings. So what do you think are the factors right now that are impacting uh, live the, the, the consumption of live sports in general and the consumption of live events, whether they're on network TV or cable TV? Yeah, I, I think a couple of things. Well, there's a lot of variables at play here. I think cord cutting is a big part of it. So people are consuming these events um, you know, through different types of devices, watching it on their phone, watching it on uh, you know a tablet, on their computer. You know, I think one thing we've learned is like. People want their entertainment when they want it, where they want it, how they want it. So, you know, though live events are still, and particularly sporting events, are kind of the one of the sole remaining things that would cause people to gather around a TV at a specific time in a specific place, there's still ways around that um, where you can get the game uh, on a live stream, and that's harder to detect um, through the, well, it it won't show up in those traditional ratings numbers. Um, So, you know, we've talked about this before, like, you know, how, how do these... Who's going to have the power in how this thing shakes out? Is it going to be the NCAA? Is it going to be the colleges and the teams? Is it going to be the networks? It seems, or is it going to be some other um, delivery mechanism? Who you know? Is it is it is it Amazon? Is it Disney? Is it Netflix getting into live sports? We're going to see that sort of transform over the years to come. Justin Engel joining us. He's a professor of business at the University of Montana Business School. It is a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. We do this every other Tuesday. We're going to be back on track now that we are into April, and we're back in the saddle here at Nuanez now. Justin, transitioning on you, Major League Baseball, they pulled their All-Star game out of Atlanta. It was supposed to be hosted in Atlanta this year. Instead, they decided to pull out, and uh, they're moving it. I, I guess I haven't heard. I, I know this was announced yesterday, but it's slipping in my mind. Where where are they moving the Major League Baseball All-Star game? Do we remember? It's going to, yeah, the Rock, the Denver Rock. Denver, that's stadium. right. 
That's right. Yeah. Okay. So tell us just about what, I mean, from a business perspective, though, I mean, it's a hit to the city of Atlanta, certainly, to not have a sporting event like this. But, I mean, what do you think of just sort of all the, the details that go into uh, the, the, the politicization of the moving of sporting events and then how that might then trickle down economically? Yeah, the, these these situations are are tough to evaluate in some ways. Uh, and we talked we've talked about this quite a few times. Like it's getting more and more difficult to. A lot of people look to sports as a way to escape politics, and it's getting more and more difficult um, to do that. Um, some from the viewer standpoint, you know, I, I think there's some people that are probably frustrated. But on the other hand, I mean. This is, there's also some simplicity to this decision as well. I mean, it's an instance where I think probably doing the right thing aligned with doing the right thing for the business. That's not, that's not always the way it is. I mean, you think back a few years and, you know, a certain sensibility could argue that, you know, from a civil rights standpoint, it was the right thing to support Colin Kaepernick, but no team would sign him. Right, he just seemed like that was not worth the risk to alienating the fan base. Uh, similarly, baseball didn't move spring training out of Arizona when it passed a really controversial anti-immigration bill back in 2010. In this case, it was pretty clear that the majority of Major League Baseball viewers, the majority of voters in the country, don't think very highly of the Georgia voting voting rights bill. And so moving it out, uh, moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta seemed like the right thing to do for Major League Baseball because they didn't want to be seen as rewarding Atlanta for that or rewarding the state of Georgia um, for that legislation. At the same time, though, these moves are not without consequence. Um, you know, moving a game like that out of the city of Atlanta has big effects on local businesses. You know, the small business owners that own the bars and the Uber drivers and all these people that provide support for all the people coming in for the game, and they're going to be hurt by this too. And so if your objective as Major League Baseball is to exert some political pressure um, in favor of some value, well, you know, how, what's the best way to do that? Is, is skipping town the best way to do that, or is staying in town and trying to do something to more directly influence the legislature? You know, I'm not sure which way to go, um, but it's, it's, it's a decision not without consequence for all involved. I don't want to go too far down the political rabbit hole on this, but there, there is a connection <laughs> here to the Montana side of things because we've seen now in the past North Carolina passed some pretty controversial laws having to do with uh, transgender people. Um, And there's similar sorts of of legislation that's at least been talked about in the Montana legislature right now. But the way that that could then directly affect, this this is what I think escapes people sometimes. College football, the college football playoff is not, it's not um, governed by the NCAA. It's not put on by the NCAA. The FCS National Championship, the FCS playoffs, is. It's an NCAA-sanctioned event. It's the NCAA's football championship. So, if Montana were to pass those laws and the NCAA was to decide then we're not going to allow our uh, events to be hosted in states with these laws, that could then cost Montana and Montana State home football games. 
I don't know if people have considered that. And I'm not saying the legislation should be all, all the way tied to the potential of playoff revenue in college football, but it, it, these things could directly affect the economy and the economic impact in small towns like Bozeman and Missoula, as well as uh, the ability for some of these football programs to host big-time playoff games. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's great foresight, Coulter. You know, we don't know how it shakes out, but, you know, increasingly um, it's hard to avoid. Well, I don't know if it's hard to avoid, but increasingly state legislatures are passing legislation that uh, corporations or large institutions and organizations are having a problem with, um, whether that's a sporting organization or whether it's like Coca-Cola and, and Delta, um, you know, voicing our opposition to the Georgia law in particular, uh, you know, these things have, have ripple effects. And, and we've kind of, it's interesting too, like a, a lot of this has been, in, you know, in, in the last few years has been Republican legislatures. Republican legislatures have, been, you know, or the Republican Party has long been kind of aligned with corporate interest and, you know, in small business and so forth. Um, yet we're sort of seeing maybe an inversion of that, 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 um, and I don't necessarily know how it plays out at the policy level, but businesses are starting to make more active choices about where they locate, not so much based on the tax policy and financial implications of locating in a particular market, but, but the social dynamics and social policies of, of those states and communities as well. So maybe a little flipping of the uh, priorities for these companies. We'll see how it plays out. And keeping it with the baseball theme, Justin, obviously some noteworthy news is we call it kind of navigate the next couple months together and as a nation just to see the difference in crowd size. And I'm going into the Texas Rangers ballpark. They allowed 38,000 fans. They've announced full capacity for the entire season at Globe Life Field. That also was the venue of the World Series from last year where they announced a limited crowd of about 10,000. But, but how much are you going to see the trend here of just how different it is from uh, state to state of how they allow fans and how I, it's just so interesting to me to see how divided we are. You only really have to see really how each state is operating with this, but maybe just the impact um, that you see from different uh, arenas and obviously Texas allowing just a full capacity crowd. It was very weird to see that is for sure. Yeah, it was a little unnerving. I looked at the the highlights of that, and it was like, "Is this? Did this happen last night? Is that for real?" Uh, you know, in some ways, it, 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 in some ways, it's great to see, but in other ways, it, it, it makes me a little nervous for obvious reasons. I mean, there is research that just came out. Uh, I saw a study in Lancet uh, that came out over the last few days that there there is some COVID spikes attributable to NFL games in stadiums where there were more fans than another than other games. So, and that's not is totally surprising. I mean, you put more people in a confined space, and you're going to get more COVID there. Um, but I do think it's really interesting from a, a management perspective. I mean, you've got states with different policies, counties with different policies. You know, what is the best way for Major League Baseball to deal with that? I mean, I would think some sort of centralized decision-making about how all the teams should um, should navigate, uh, you know, how many people to put in their stadiums. That should, To me, that should be centralized. I mean, Major League Baseball should be thinking about that at the system level, um, 
because otherwise, you know, you're, 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 you risk kind of all kinds of unpredictable effects. You know, if, if Texas is doing it one way, California is doing it another, New York's doing it another, um, Missouri's doing it another, whatever, um, you could end up with all kinds of problems across the league. And I don't think the league wants that. So Business Nagel with Justin Nagel. Justin Nagel is a business professor at the University of Montana Business School. We do this every other Tuesday here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Business Nagel is presented proudly by Blackfoot Communications. Switching gears on you one last time here, Justin. Let's talk about NFTs. I was not very familiar with this until you put this in the document, so I'll let you explain it. What is an NFT and how does this relate to sports? Yeah, well, NFTs are all the rage right now. Um, it stands for non-fungible token. And fungible just means that, um, well, that, that one thing can be exchanged for another. So like, a, you know, U.S. currency, the dollar is fungible. Bitcoin is fungible in that you can trade one Bitcoin for another. It's identical. What a, non, what a non-fungible token is, is that it, it's like a digital proof of ownership. And we're seeing this emerge as this hot new um, form of asset, um, and, you know, and it's being, and people are putting tokens on all kinds of different things, artwork, digital artwork. There was a piece that sold um, at auction by an artist, a digital artist named Beeple. It went for sixty nine million dollars, and people are spending tons of money for this, these certifications of ownership, and, and I'm trying to get my head around it. Part of me feels like this could be huge, this could be the next thing, this could be the way that blockchain technology transforms our whole system, or it could be just another bubble and another fad, and, and it could mean nothing. It's hard for me to get my head around um, how this proof of ownership matters when it's on something that, you know, a digital asset that we can all view. I mean, who, who really cares, uh, you know, if I own it? Um, but it does have implications for, you know, how things are uh, priced into the future, um, what we can put a token on and what we can't. We could put a token on this show. I don't know if anybody would pay for it, but we could try. <laughs> um, so, and then with regard to memorabilia and collectibles, I think that's where most of the talk is in sports, sort of using NFTs to prove that you have um, an authentic ownership of a particular you know, digital asset, you know, a recording of a game, a picture of a shot, or whatever it is. Um, but I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's all kinds of, like, you know, seven-layer chess exercises of how this, this thing's going to play out, and, and I'm just... Like I said, thinking about it kind of hurts my brain, and that tells me that there's a lot interesting there. Last question, then. How does this relate to then memorabilia, collectibles, things like that? Because it seems like there's some sort of correlation there. Well, I, I think, you know, one of the... the, the one of the benefits of working in the blockchain is it's this distributed ledger, right? So you can tell, you can verify transactions, and you can tell... Um, it's a verifiable record that nobody can hack, right? So if you're talking about a record of transactions for memorabilia, whether it's physical memorabilia or digital memorabilia, which is kind of growing in popularity part, partially because of these NFTs, you can know for sure who owns what. 
and there's a record of that. And so when it comes to trading memorabilia or it comes to markets for memorabilia, this proof of ownership, I think, is going to be a part of how that market operates. You're going to have to provide proof of ownership. These NFTs are a way to provide that proof of ownership. You can't forge it because there is a blockchain that would reveal any corruption of the of the chain of ownership. Um, so I think that's probably how it's going to play out with uh, memorabilia and collectibles. Justin, this has been great. This is also not the only audio <laughs> recording that you do. So tell us what's going on. I know you guys uh, just rolled out your um, your most recent Fires podcast, and you also have the New Angle podcast as well. So just tell us what's going on in your whole podcast network that you produce for all the great people of uh, not just the state of Montana, but anywhere. Indeed. Well, your listeners might be interested in today's episode of A New Angle. It features Megan Harrington, former Grizz and current football or former Lady Grizz and current uh, filmmaker. She made a documentary called The House That Rob Built about Coach Robin Selvig and the incredible community of, of young women he's bu- he built over the years. Uh, we talked about my interview with them a few weeks ago when I, when I had spoken to them while well, the podcast itself came out today. Um, really really liked where it landed, and, 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 and there's such interesting folks and important characters in this community. Um, and then on the, on the other side, the FIRE podcast, FIRELINE, today we released episode five um, in this seven-part series. Today's episode feature, features, um, uh, kind of focuses on the stresses that firefighters face and how difficult the job is, how it's gotten more difficult over time, and um, you know some of the some of the consequences in, in the lives uh, of firefighters that they face from from doing this hard job to protect all of us. Rate, review, subscribe, all the great podcasts that we present to you, Justin. This has been great. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. But thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, fellas. Be well. Business Angle with Justin Angle. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.